Hello, everyone, and welcome to the pilot episode of Hey Playwright. Hey Playwright. Hey Playwright. Hey Playwright. Hey Playwright. My name is Mabel. I like Michelle, but Mabel. Everybody likes to add a Y to that and think it's Maybell, but it's actually Mabel. And I am, among other things, a playwright, and I am a teaching artist, and I love talking with Tori about many things, but among them, talking about playwriting and story and about our hopes and dreams about how we can develop a regular practice of writing. And so that is who I am. And I am Tori and I am a a playwright. It's a label. No, I'm a... (laughs) Um, It's weird. I I think I've told you before that I always feel like an imposter, that even if I am having a play produced or I'm performing, I am in the back of my mind. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to get found out. I'm not really a playwright, you know, but I am a storyteller. I do love telling stories. I love hearing other people's stories. And I love empowering people to learn how to tell stories like that. I mean, everybody can tell a story, but just helping them to get it on paper and get it heard in the world. And that's always exciting to me. I'm a, I'm a teaching artist, an educator, a parent, a, wait, a mom, a parent. I'm a parent. (laughs) Sorry. I was thinking of the word apparent. Which is it, Tori? Are you apparently a mom? (laughs) Okay. Tori, how did we meet? Where did we meet? Do you remember where we met? I was thinking about this the other day. I remember one of the first times I spoke with you, I called you because I was doing um, interviews for the play Sisters in the System. Do you remember that? I do remember that, but I remember that we never actually spoke. We were playing phone tag and then, um, and then never connected. Yeah. So, so I knew of you mm-hmm. because I actually was a CASA. What CASA is, is court appointed special advocate for foster youth. And so I was a CASA and that's what you were, yes. you were looking to talk to me about. And you wrote a wonderful play about the foster care system. That was called Sisters in the System. And to give a plug to Playwrights Project, it was commissioned by Playwrights Project. And it it remains one of my favorite projects because every time it's done, I get to do some revision and work with people that are involved in the system currently, look at the new laws, all of that. So I, I, I really um, am grateful for that opportunity. And for everybody who shared their stories so that that play could be possible. Yeah, but we never connected. That's right. We never connected. So so where we met was actually at Donovan. We actually met in prison, Tori. You are right. We, we met in prison. And you were did. performing because, as you mentioned, you are an actor. And you were performing in some of the plays in a class. It was a residency. Yeah, in a residency that I was teaching in prison. And that's where I met you. And then I was so taken by your talent. 
that I was like, oh, I have to write a part for her. And so then I got a commission to write a play called Other People's Kids. And it was about people impacted by the methamphetamine crisis. And I wrote a part specifically for you. And I don't think you were able to play it for like the first few productions of that. Yeah, so I was like really bummed that the scheduling didn't work out. And so you weren't able to to do that until after it had already been performed in various places. But um, but that was for you because I was so I was really moved by your performance. So, yeah. So technically we met in prison. We did. Just like in St. Elmo's Fire. Do you remember when he has that line? uh Oh gosh, which character is it? Was it Rob Lowe? It's Rob Lowe. They're sitting around the table and I think it's the grandmother that says, how did you two meet? And he said, in prison. That's funny. Now I'm gonna have to go watch. I love that movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. I love the soundtrack. Yeah, it's a good one. Yes. Anyways, so that's where we, oh yeah. so, So we met there and then we basically, like a little bit after that, we just started working together and we have been teaching playwriting residencies together for, it feels like, I, I feel like I've known you all my life, but that's not true. It feels like we've been working together for a really long time. And one of my favorite things to do is to teach classes with you. So, Oh my gosh, me too. I, I really, um, you're an inspiration to me. Oh, I'm no, I'm you just have such a lovely way of capturing dialogue and the way that characters relate to one another. I think it it's a gift for it to sound as natural as it does when you write it. So so I I love that. I love and and another thing that I appreciate is that you push me to <laughs> No, to 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 keep moving forward, because I admittedly uh, will get stuck. You know, I carry ideas around for a long time. I mean, I'm not that's part of my process. But sometimes it means that those ideas just don't make it to paper. Yes. I mean, I think we push each other. And I will say that you have been writing some amazing things lately that I just have been like, oh my goodness. Oh. I'm not, I can't talk about the project because it's I know incubating, but you wrote something <laughs> recently that has just like like seriously one of the greatest things that I that I have ever read and I'm so excited to see how it is going to come to life. But I can't really talk about it. So listeners know that Tori <laughs> is is just brilliant. So enough patting ourselves on the back. So obviously we like hanging out with each other because because we decided to do a podcast together because I can't think of a better thing to do during a pandemic than start a podcast about theater. <laughs> you know, it's I, like I, trying I, to build a house in 2009, right? When, right. So after when everything burst. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God. I was thinking about this, though, and I'm not sure if it would have come about if not for the pandemic. So, again, I try to find silver linings when I can, because if not, I will just go down that deep, dark hole of depression and uh, yes. I'm I'm trying to to stay out of it as much as possible. So this is this is definitely a bright light. Yeah. Yes. Because Tori and I we were both in 
the middle of playwriting residencies when everything came to a screeching halt and suddenly we found ourselves with too much time on our hands so we forced our children to take our playwriting classes fortunately now we're doing some classes over zoom so that's cool so we're continuing we also wanted to do this because this podcast is really like it's us giving advice but we're talking to ourselves and if anybody else can find value in that that's cool but it's basically me forcing tori to write a full-length play <laughs> and yeah. and and myself holding myself accountable to finish to to continue working on a full-length play that i'm working on that that i've put to the side because of other things that have come up but this podcast what our goal with this podcast is is to talk about playwriting talk to other playwrights, talk about some tips and tricks. And one of our favorite things to do is try out new prompts. That's one of the things that we find most entertaining about getting to teach together. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's just let's put something together and see what works. Yeah. Throw it against the wall. See if it sticks. Yeah. See if it sticks. I feel like some of my best work has come out of some writing prompts. Honestly, things I wouldn't have thought of, characters that I would not have necessarily considered putting them in situations where they are at a crossroads or in crisis, and then seeing how they react. The prompts are 12 line scenes. Normally when we give a prompt, it's a 12 line scene. So we're going to put out some 12 line scene prompts and hopefully we'll have some people listening and you can submit your 12 line scenes to the show and we have some actors that we'll call in we'll call in some favors and um, and have them read on our podcast so Tori why playwriting what's so special about playwriting what's special about playwriting is what is what I find special about theater there's an opportunity for a connection with an audience. It is something that is not comparable really to anything else. Having that live experience or even through Zoom, like we've noticed that we have needed to make a change because of what of the situation that we are in right now. And what I love about artists, and you've said this before, is that we are problem solvers, right? So the pandemic happened and artists started banding together and going, what can we do to make sure that we are still making our voices heard and helping other people to get their voices heard? So Zoom performances started happening. You know, I mean, there's a lot of local groups doing all kinds of performances and then even connecting with people across the globe to bring theater communities together. So to me, it's about communication. It's about building um, relationships and empathy, just that connection that you have not only through writing and storytelling, but just through connecting with other people, just in, in general. Theater is like this community. It's like this, this collaborative process that's really magical. I've tried to explain it to people before, and even in our residencies, have you noticed that in the beginning, especially when you're going into a facility where Maybe the people have not been exposed to theater at all. Um, they're still trying to wrap their brain around what that might mean or what that looks like. And when they start to hear their words out loud, it's like you see a change in them. It's magic. 
You're absolutely right. I, and I think that's why I love playwriting is because it is the first step in this collaborative art form. So you are just right. a piece of, I mean, it's a significant piece, right? Without the word, right? right? We say it, it starts with the script. That's one of our favorite lines, right? But just to see what what other artists do with with the work and how they run with it, it's, it's always, it is magical. And so you were talking about how we go to facilities where people might not be exposed to theater. Tori and I, when we can teach our classes in person, we teach usually in correctional facilities. Giving people an opportunity to express themselves in a way that they didn't realize was possible. And and the fact that in, in those particular residencies, we're able to bring actors in to bring those scripts to life, I think just adds another heightened element to that, you know, having professional actors perform your work. I mean, look, that's every playwright or screenwriter's dream, right? Every playwright. To have actors yeah, absolutely. speaking the words that you wrote. Wow. Yeah. Yes. And so the goal of this podcast is to make playwriting just as we do in our classes when we go in person to these various places, whether they are correctional facilities, community centers, or, or traditional you know, schools, or, or traditional schools. Tori and I strongly feel that anybody can write a play. As far as I'm concerned, if you write a play, you're a playwright. So, so this is talking to you, anybody who has ever wanted to write a play, has ever thought about, was curious about writing a play, or just anybody who's ever been interested in telling a story. And, you know, as as you will hear time and time again, we all have a story to tell. So I feel like everybody should try it out at least once. Anybody who's interested can write a play, and that's that's who we're speaking to. Yes. That said, an important part of a writing process, whether it be playwriting or narrative writing, is the rewriting process. So, you know, you get that first draft written down, but then I think sometimes one of the more challenging elements of being a writer is to get the feedback and be able also to discern feedback that's going to be useful to you and feedback <laughs> that is just somebody feeling like they need to hear themselves talk and, you know, kind of rifle through that and and, and uh, make those changes. The first draft is the first step. It's never not. Sometimes it is. When we write these 12-line scenes, you're like, ah, it's done. It's a 12-line <laughs> scene. But, but when working on a longer work, it's really important to keep looking at it and keep working on it. And hearing it out loud, right? That's a really big part of this because the play, what's interesting to me about playwriting is that you're writing for the work be alive, to be performed, uh, hopefully in front of an audience, and whether that's a Zoom audience, which by the way, can we talk about Zoom theater? Because I love it. I know that some people hate it, but I, I've i been blown away by the Zoom performances that I have seen, and it, it works for me. I don't know, maybe because I'm always, I love stories, and I, you know, I anyway, you, you get it to me, as long as like the acting is good, I'm down. Do you maybe feel like one thing, one thing I've noticed that's what's happening in Zoom performances is it really focuses on the dialogue and the relationships of the characters, right? So, yeah. which honestly, that to me, that should be the strong part of the script anyway. Yep. You know? um, Agree. And so, 
maybe that's why it's working for you. You're going, ah, because you're focusing on that. I, although mm -hmm. I have seen some incredibly creative efforts going in with the backgrounds the and yeah, yeah, all kinds of technology. Oh, yeah. But people are stepping up their game with yeah. the green screen and mm -hmm. props and movement and then yeah. having their roommates move the camera. Love it. Love it. <laughs> And oh, you know, yeah. I'm not as strong technically as a lot of people are. So I can appreciate both. I can appreciate people just sitting and having a conversation. And I can also appreciate people putting in the effort to have the costumes and the props. And I've been impressed by my fellow artists and inspired. I agree. Yeah. We're getting through it somehow. We're getting through it somehow. And I love the chat feature. Like people can yeah. provide instant feedback that actors and the, or the playwright can see. Like, I think that's really cool because you don't get that at the theater. It really, yeah. it, it makes me wonder, is this speaking pretty loudly to the younger generation, you know? I hope so, Tori, because mm -hmm. as you know, theater is expensive. All right, so here's the deal. This is why I, I love Zoom theater. So I don't have to get a babysitter. I don't have to pay for parking. And I, I'm a terrible driver, so I don't have to go through the anxiety of finding parking. Yeah. And then and theater is really, it's not cheap. Right now, all of these Zoom performances, a lot of them are, are donation or pay what you can. And, right. and the money is going directly to the artist. To be able to pay 20 bucks and, and know that that usually goes to the, the artists. Theater makers right now are really hurting. I'm concerned that a lot of the theaters that I hold dear in San Diego, I, I just hope they can weather the storm. You know, this is definitely a tough time for um, theaters and artists in general. So, so anytime you can support. We have a website, payplaywright.com. And so we will have show notes. Show. Notes. Did I say that? Yeah. Right? Show notes. So we'll have show notes. And yes, we'll have a list of places that you can support. We are, as Tori mentioned, we're based out of San Diego. But there, I've been watching performances all over, the, actually all over the world. So there's really great virtual theater happening. If I knew how much it costs to go to theater when I got into theater, it would have never happened for me. Right. So I, I came into it as a writer who was looking to make a buck. And Which is hilarious, by the way. <laughs> I know, right? The irony. Had I known. Although my connection with theater has been so accidental. I mean, I, I studied film and television. And then I was in the film and television program and was offered an internship at Walt Disney Theatrical. So that was like super random. But it was a very competitive internship. So I was like, I can't say, you know, I, they had me at Walt Disney, right? So, but it's all, it's, it's been like that. It's just been by accident that I'm that I got involved in. And now I love it. It is probably my favorite thing to do actually is to go to the theater. But what I love about my relationship with theater is I love how anybody can make theater anywhere. My last play, I wrote it to be performed in a grocery store. So that is the dream. It was not performed in a grocery store. It was performed in a theater. But the goal is to have it actually performed in a grocery store. Because I, that's to me is what is exciting about theater is it can be done anywhere and anyone can do it. I really hope that you can get that play done in a grocery store. I think that it would, uh, it would just, it would, it's the way it was intended yes, to be. I agree. We're going to put it out there in the world and somebody's going to be the. Put it out there. It should happen mm, this year. I, well, I don't know. 
I know. They should, but I know. the way. <laughs> oh, I know. The way the world is <laughs> is going, but you know what? There's something to there's something to strive for. So, yeah. but yes, the democratization of theater is what I think is very exciting about this time. And I know that there are people like, oh, Zoom is not real theater, and uh, but what is theater? What what makes something? theater having an audience well you have an audience it's a virtual audience but you can have a, a live audience and and it's exciting to me so i'm i'm of that camp that's that's who i am <laughs> i am theater for the people like i said i am impressed by what's happening in zoom and that people are finding solutions so that they continue to have their voices heard i do look forward to a time when it is safe for everyone to go back into a theater and enjoy live where the people are on the stage in front of you hopefully not spitting on you yeah. <laughs> no i was thinking but i don't know if you ever saw the car plays at la jolla playhouse but doing those site-specific type of theater is just it's really exciting really exciting I'm with you. I, I hope that your play is done in a grocery store. Fingers I, crossed. Someday I second that. <laughs> yeah, well, and you're right. It might not happen this this year, but there's always but next year. There's always next year. Yes. Mm -hmm. In this podcast, we will be sharing things that we find useful, inspirational. And so any recommendations that you have? It doesn't have to be something brand new. It could be like just old books that you're like, oh my God, I, I love this book. Yeah, although I just started looking at it again. It's funny, a friend of mine bought it for me a long time ago, but I say this all the time and I had forgotten about this book. So the book is called What If? And it's writing exercises for fiction writers. My friend Connie bought it for me and I'm afraid I'm gonna mispronounce this lady's name. Anne Bernays and Pamela Painter. Yeah, nice. but I know I was reading through it once before and went, oh, this is, it, it's an opportunity to do some, a lot of quick writes that can help jump you into a story right away. Yeah, That's it's awesome. not for playwriting specifically, but any, any exercise you have can easily be adapted <sighs> for playwriting. I was going to say, Tori, isn't any <laughs> writing playwriting i mean mm -hmm. that's one of the things that we do right we yeah. always start out making our students we don't make we don't make anyone do it's anything. an invitation tori has tori <laughs> has trained me to say we, invite, we you. invite you so i'm trying i i'm more mindful of we invite you to to write right we we show them a picture or play a song look at a poem mm -hmm something like that. And they're like, write a monologue. And then, and then we invite we, him. To, it is in my nature to say, just do it. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Tori, I would like to think that you have made me a better human being because I, I am very much a rough around the edges kind of gal. And so, so Tori has, has helped me to be more mindful. And I learned from you, Tori. Well, it's fascinating you. that you say that because I consider you to be the focused one, the one who can more <laughs> intelligently interpret what I'm trying to say, because I'm just goofy as hell. So I go in and I'm like, let's do this shit, you know? <laughs> and everybody's <laughs> looking at me like I have three heads and I'm trying to explain it and it doesn't come out right. And, and you're even, you're like nodding your head and I'm going. 
I know you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but it's only because you are the brave one. Because I am too chicken to to step up. So that's why. So I let you take the fall. You heard it here, folks. You heard it. That's here. right. That's that's why that's why we work. <laughs> that's why we that's work. That's why we work. I think but that's I will... true. I think that's how we work so well together, for sure. But it's funny that you say that I'm the focused one because I feel like you're the focused one. And I'm I think you but I really do think you you have a way of controlling my chaos. And and I'm very grateful for that. So that's so. I, I, you're blowing my mind right now. It's like no. This is what I. This is what I tell people. This is how I describe you. I was like, Tori is the control to my chaos. I love it. <laughs> I I just think what's funny is that I don't have a game face. I really wear. You do not. I do not have it, which is funny, right? It's probably why I was not that great of an actor because anything that is happening in my head. <laughs> I'm trying, it's coming out. It's just coming out. I I've really need to work on that. I'm going to disagree with you respectfully. I think you're a terrific actor, but I will say sometimes <laughs> I, sometimes I, I can definitely feel the tension in your facial expression. Mm -hmm. So, but I think, I, I don't know if I have a game face or not. I, I thought I did. And then something happened at one point where someone told me about, like, I thought I was being, I, I remember being aware of watching someone do something really gross. Like they sneezed in their hand and yeah, it was like one of those like really wet sneezes and they, and they, and then they looked at it and I was watching them and. Was it and me? I, no, 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 this was, <laughs> no, this was not at all. No. This like, did I guy. do something that gross? No, 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 no. This was. I was like, that doesn't sound like me. I, that's you never not know. you. No, no, no. This okay. was uh, this was many years ago, and it was on a. So, it was on a. It was on a shipyard. Oh, it was ew. on a shipyard. Yeah. Did he try um, to shake your hand? Um, I think he like I think he was going to. It was ew. yes, and 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 I remember thinking in my head, play it cool, like play it cool, play it cool. Like, it's not gross. Don't be grossed out. And then my colleague later on was like, oh, you should have seen your face. So I felt really disappointed in myself because I thought that I was playing it cool. And so now I don't trust myself. That was a really, it was super gross, but I, I was like really cognizant of, I thought I was, but I wasn't. I've never seen you give away... Even if, even if you're mad, I've never, I've never, I, I haven't seen, seen it. Well, maybe a, a Twitch. <laughs> I've seen a Twitch. Like, it's this. You do this thing with your eyes where you go, yeah. <laughs> like your, your teeth, your mouth stays. In, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Your teeth are together, teeth together, lips apart. And you're like, Yeah. Oh, fortunately, yeah. there's no video, so you can't. So our listeners can't see. This is true. But they can that picture. Like. They can picture. They can picture. Yes, this is what I've got. Feel like an artist. Ten things nobody told you about being creative by Austin Kleon, and it's a short book. It's like a little bit over a hundred pages, but it's but it's it's like it's almost like one of those gift books. 
just like illustrations in there, but it's also like really useful tips on, um, on how to be creative. And I feel like right now we're living in a time when, well, for me, I've, I've been buying a lot of books. I used to buy a lot of shoes, but I don't really have a need to wear shoes these days. And so now I'm buying a lot of books to stimulate my creativity because it's helpful. It, it makes me happy. You know, like you said, Tori, whatever you need to do to, to maintain that sanity, not go completely bonkers. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I think when I die, I might have to be like, I want to be cremated. And I might have to be cremated with all of my books because I've got so many damn books. I think it drives my husband kind of crazy, but I keep ordering more and more. I just I love them. I think I told you about when I walk into a library, I'm I'm moved sometimes to tears because I'm just overwhelmed by all of the books around me. I just, I want to, I want to touch all of them. I want to read all of them. It's, I, I do, I get really emotionally overwhelmed. When I went to Powell's bookstore in Portland and uh, walked in and I was pregnant, so that might've been part of it. But I looked around and just went, oh, I, I just, Ron said, are you okay? I, I was so in awe, awestruck, and that's your heaven. That's oh, your heaven. Yeah, it was like being in heaven. What you know? It was it was heaven. That's my heaven. I'm with. This is this is why this is why we're friends, Tori. But also, I feel like if you're cremated with your books, is that a little bit Fahrenheit four fifty one? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Little, but I get you. I, I hear what you're saying. Odd. So yeah. So yes. No, I would donate them. Okay, so let's um, leave everybody with a writing exercise. What should we do? Did you think of anything? I mean, when we come up with writing exercises, isn't it usually like, oh, what do I have on my desk? Oh, hey. Uh, okay, do you know what I have on my desk? What do you have on your desk? Get one object that you have on your desk, and I'm going to get one object that I have on my desk, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna invite people to write a 12-line scene. All right, it's a roll of tape. This is a narwhal. It's a narwhal eraser. All right, so it's a roll of tape and a narwhal eraser. Those are the two characters. The setting is going to be, do you have a magazine or anything in front of you? I, you know what I have? I have Southern Living, courtesy of my Girl Scouts subscription. So what, what do you see on the cover, Tori? Describe the setting. Oh, it looks like a cabin in in the woods with some majestic tall trees it looks very tranquil there's a chimney on the cabin like it it does look super relaxing there's an american flag that's there's interesting. a prominent american flag yeah that's interesting yeah. is this in the south oh southern living <laughs> <laughs> southern living okay. okay so the setting is i would say the, summer summer cottage summer, summer cottage Okay, yeah. cool. All right, so it's going to be Summer Cottage. We have a narwhal eraser and a scotch tape dispenser. Now, is it between the two of them, or they just need to be in the scene at some point? I think if if uh, people have never written from the perspective of objects, they can give that a, a try, or they could have those objects be um, somehow featured in the script, in the 12 lines. What do you think? 
Is you know that, me and my. You know me too, and my. That's too open. You need your. Yeah, constraints. you know me and my creative constraints. So I love working with creative constraints. I think it is empowering. I think it pushes you to be more creative than you ever imagined. So I would say, for me, I would encourage you to write from the perspective of the objects, the narwhal eraser and the scotch tape dispenser. And by the way, it's pink. It is a bright pink scotch tape dispenser. Bright pink. Hey, you know what? Can we take pictures? We'll take pictures of them and put them on the, uh, we'll put them on the post. Totally. Okay, so I, so I think, I would love for people to think about writing from the perspective of the eraser and the tape dispenser. And when we, uh, when we write from the uh, the perspective of an object, it's thinking about what is it that those objects need want. So those are our two objects, and again, I'll put I'll I'll put more detailed directions in the in the show notes. But Tori, we need a line because we will throw out the opening line. Are they gone? So that's the line. Are they gone? Okay, perfect. All right. So a 12-line scene. The first line will be, are they gone? You get to decide who is going to speak first. Will it be the narwhal eraser or the scotch tape dispenser? And we are in a summer cottage. Cool. 12 lines. Six lines per character. And um, Or do you think, am I getting too... Well, if they're... If if one of our two listeners has never written a scene, <laughs> they may need a template. <laughs> and I will say, Tori, that if we don't have one by the, you know for the next episode, I will gladly write a twelve line scene until we get three listeners. Because you know the the two listeners are not going to do the work. The third one is the one that's going to be. I'll write a 12-line scene. So yeah. You need to write a 12-line scene too then. We have For to sure. model. We have to model. So we're going to write this 12-line scene and we will we will hear them on our next episode. Mm-hmm. So are you are you writing a 12-line scene? I will I'm a hundred percent gonna write a 12-line scene. To our audience, if you wish to write a 12-line scene, go to heyplaywrite.com. So submit your work to heyplaywright.com. And if you have any questions for us, anything that you would like to see on, or see, you can't see. <laughs> anything you would like to hear about, uh, we would love to take your questions. And uh, we're excited to go on this journey with you. Tori, closing words? Thanks for listening. We invite ah. you to join us next time. See, if I would have said it, it would have been, join us next time. Ah. <laughs> and we're going to have a warm up. Oh, Tori, we have to talk about warm-ups. All right, we'll save that for the next episode. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. You are a full listener out there. Korea. Bye for Bye now. Bye for now. <laughs>